Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have become mainstream. Should you have some crypto in your retirement portfolio? On today's show, we'll outline some things to consider whether or not it makes sense to you. Discover retirement concepts you need to know. When you're hitting that magic age of 65, you need to really start to do your research. Learn how to navigate through economic uncertainty. And anybody can retire. It's whether you can stay retired. That is the real point. A successful retirement doesn't happen by accident. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. Welcome in to your retirement with Sam Welcome to your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, consumer advocate, and uh, on behalf of Dual Financial Strategies, where you can get that wonderful retirement lifestyle review we have with us in studio sam duel andy schooler and luke von abel and uh, we're ready to talk uh, to uh, you retirees and pre-retirees because it's always a no cost no obligation assessment uh, if you're a retired uh, person listening to us or if you are entering the retirement red zone uh, let dual financial strategies help you uh, carve out uh, a wonderful retirement uh, process at no cost and no obligation. And I guess, Sam, this uh, includes something that I have no idea about, and maybe some of our listeners don't, about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency uh, being a part of your retirement account. Now, it can make sense, I guess. There's tax issues associated with these digital assets. So uh, how does this fit into a retirement portfolio, and is it appropriate uh, to uh, think about Bitcoin for those entering retirement? That's a really interesting topic. Um, we hear this more and more where people say, hey, should I own Bitcoin? Should I own Bitcoin? Uh, and our answer to that is a resounding, it depends. Uh, you know, as the title of my book um, infers, Purpose Determines Placement, yep. is there a purpose, a clearly definable purpose for you to own Bitcoin? Now, if you don't have a clearly definable purpose, to own a cryptocurrency, well, then you just need to understand that you're speculating. That's all you're doing. The first thing you have to remember is that the cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, pick a name, any of them out there, they are an alternative investment, underlying alternative investment. That means that these are basically outside the norm. Traditionally, alternative investments have included direct investments in different asset classes like oh, precious metals, real estate, commodities, uh, private equity and hedge funds, things of that nature, um, or funds that invest in these asset classes. So this is an alternative to what you're doing. This is not the answer. This should not be your main focus in your retirement portfolio, obviously. But as with everything else, Chuck, education is the key here. You have to know and understand what's happening with these cryptocurrencies. You need to work with an advisor that has knowledge of cryptocurrency, especially as it applies to your retirement accounts. And Chuck, I would say if you're taking your advice from the 1.30 a.m. Um, you know, uh, commercial that you're seeing on TV yeah. that is just screaming at you, buy, 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 in the uh, cryptocurrency area, you might want to reconsider that because they may have just a eensy, beensy, teensy, weensy uh, bit of a bias towards you buying that. There may be a monetary incentive for them. We're not well, saying there's anything wrong with it, but go into it well-educated. Absolutely, Sam. Now, I'm not a night owl, so I've never watched any of those infomercials. But, Luke, I want to know what the tax ramifications are. Are we clear on this with respect to cryptocurrency? 
Well, there's a lot of unknowns around cryptocurrency yet because there's a lot of regulation. Um, the SEC is looking at a lot of different things. But um, if cryptocurrency becomes a tool that might be appropriate for a small portion, again, as Sam says, that the purpose is determining placement and you were to move forward with that, there are some tax advantages to owning this inside of a retirement account, um, just like there would be for any other type of asset. Because now you have um, the advantage of, of not having to pay taxes as things are, are bought and sold. Um, you have that tax deferred growth. So as they grow, you know, you're not paying any taxes, but there are some tax issues surrounding Bitcoin, Ethereum, and any of the other, you know, we hear a lot about NFTs and other different things that are out there today. Um, but the Biden administration is, you know, uh, constructing different in infrastructure bills that contain provisions that would strengthen the tax enforcement surrounding crypto. Um, so we kind of have to wait and see what happens there. But a lot of people are trading this outside of an IRA, uh, maybe even day trading it. And anytime then you trade, you're locking in gains, that becomes taxable. So you really want to plan for that and work with somebody that can help guide you in that area. And of course, we're talking about NFTs. We're talking about non-fungible tokens. And we're not talking about the kind of tokens you'd use on an L train in Chicago to put it in there to get on the subway in New York or anything like that. But Andy, uh, when we talk about Bitcoin, uh, what do you think about it uh, going into self-directed retirement accounts? Because that's something that uh, could be of interest to some of our listeners. Well, certainly it could be of interest. Um, and, and there again, you know, when we're talking about these type of accounts, as far as IRAs um, and other accounts, we have to take into consideration taxes later on. So investing in Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency may be right, but spend some serious time educating yourself. Um, I would not necessarily go into this, you know, totally gung-ho. Um, again, remember, any tool that you use in an IRA will be taxed later on at an unknown tax rate. We have no idea what those rates are going to be. So whether or not it makes sense to own it in a self-directed portion, whether it makes sense to own it for you, period, I don't know. That's a great conversation to have with an advisor so that you can get some serious direction as to whether it's appropriate and fits for you. Always remember that whatever tool you're investing in, if it's in an IRA, whether it be a self-directed, a SEP, a simple... Um, a traditional, a Roth, whatever, if it's, if it's, excuse me, not a Roth, but if it's a traditional type of IRA, you are going to pay taxes at an unknown rate later on. And if we don't really know what the taxes are going to be regarding Bitcoin, that might be something that you want to own in a very small portion of your account. Absolutely. Well, I guess you could say these cryptocurrencies are similar to uh, owning maybe rental real estate or livestock or other things, uh, gold or alternative assets and that type of thing. So Sam, that begs the question, what is an advantage, uh, if any, to having Bitcoin, for example, in a retirement account? Well, one advantage is that cryptocurrencies have what we would call a very low correlation to other traditional assets like stocks and bonds. And what we mean by that, by a low correlation, is that it doesn't typically correspond to the moves of that. It doesn't move in lockstep with what those do. So it could be uh, a bit of a balancing act uh, asset, if you will, uh, that we're trying to, you call that hedging when you do that. You're trying to balance a hedge um, against those those events in the market. But understand, again, as, as we keep emphasizing here cryptocurrency as it exists today 
is a gamble and it is an absolute speculative play. There's no way for us to uh, consider the risk variables of a cryptocurrency because it just hasn't been along around long enough for those to be established and to tell you, oh, you should have this much of it in relation to the rest of the things that you have. Recapping, make sure that if you're going to own these cryptocurrencies, you understand that if, if this is in a taxable account, if this, is in a, if this is in a non IRA account, you could trigger some significant taxes on this. Most of them usually short term because you've held this asset less than a year, which gets taxed at ordinary income rates if you are a, a frequent trader in that, if you will. But just remember, you have to know and understand the volatility levels. You have to know and understand the risk levels of it. Uh, and you've got a potential for some incredibly high returns there. You've also got the potential there for some devastating losses. So you decide, do you want that much volatility in your account? And if you do, on what portion of your money would you like to carry that on? Absolutely. You know what it sounds like to me, Sam? It sounds like you're going to the $1,000 table in Las Vegas <laughs> when you uh, talk about some of these things with the ups and downs possible. Oh, sure. Yeah, so. there's no question. It's, and and if you just track it for a while, check. A lot of times, I mean, if you really want to learn about these things, all too often we find that people will come in and ask about them. And they ask about them because they've heard a commercial on the radio yeah. or they've seen something on television or they read an article or, you know, their brother-in-law's buddy's second first cousin twice removed uh, is talking about how he made a fortune in Bitcoin, right? So this is always second, third, fourth, fifth hand information. If you want to do it yourself, just go out and set up a set up a fantasy account and go out and on paper build yourself a little excel spreadsheet or however you want to do it buy yourself some bitcoin buy yourself some ethereum say okay i'm going to take twenty thousand dollars and i'm going to put it in each one of these and then you work in that account as if it were real money yeah do you're that. saying in like a fake account a right? fake account yeah, yeah do that for three four five six months and see how you come out that will give you an idea as to whether you can stomach what would happen there and at least that is truly only losing money on paper if you do it in a fake account or in a in a uh, an experimental account first yeah so luke uh, let's talk about that so asset allocation and asset location if you're doing that kind of thing uh, you need some recommendations on that i imagine you have to uh, look at this and uh as Sam said, it'd be better off at least starting out on paper. Yeah, starting out on paper, understanding, again, your risk tolerance level. Um, you know, you, you can, if you start doing Sam's exercise where you just track it, you'll notice that the price will whipsaw, um, you know, up and down 50% is nothing. So you got to understand your risk tolerance first, like any asset. Um, diversification is key. So going out and saying, hey, I've got this little bit of money that you're going to invest, you're probably not going to play around, nor are you going to invest in just one different one spot of the crypto market. You want to diversify that money as much as possible to target different areas, trying to accomplish different things, uh, different purposes. Absolutely. So summarize this for us, Sam, in this segment. Uh, you know, in a thumbnail sketch here, these alternative currencies, digital assets, Bitcoin, they're all over the news. People are talking about them a lot. You may be asking, is it appropriate for you? First question you have to answer is, can you handle the volatility of it? Can you handle the whipsaw up and down of this? And the second thing I would beg you to answer, Chuck, is do you need 
to have it in your retirement portfolio. Will the current structure of your retirement portfolio realize your goals, your dreams, your ambitions in retirement? Do you even need to include this alternative asset in there called cryptocurrency? And if you do, in what proportions would it be appropriate for you? Talk to your advisor. Make sure that they are very well versed. They need to have extraordinarily deep levels of knowledge about cryptocurrencies before they involve you in it. And then and only then should you ever dip your toe into the real water of cryptocurrencies. Absolutely. And uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they can help you with that at Dual Financial Strategies. And it's very simple to get a no-cost, no-obligation assessment of your retirement at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And uh, when you uh, come in for uh, a chat about cryptocurrency or uh, what else you may want to look at in their retirement lifestyle review for you, it'll be very simple. They'll sit down at no cost, no obligation to discuss this with you. And uh, also, uh, Sam has authored the book that he referred to earlier in this segment, Purpose Determines Placement. And I can't think of a better uh, subject than Bitcoin to put that in and uh, that context. So uh, the best way to get a hold of either Sam or Andy or Luke is to give a call to Dual Financial Strategies anywhere in the Fox Valley at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And their score of uh, years of experience will be, uh, in a fiduciary sense, helpful to your retirement. All right, we've got to take a break. What's coming up next? Well, if you think that saving for retirement has been a chore, just wait until it's time to withdraw the money and keep your taxes at a minimum once you retire. The good news is we can help you and we can offer options to help you achieve your ideal retirement. This is Your Retirement, and I'm consumer advocate Chuck Caton, along with the uh, fine trio at Dual Financial Strategies of Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel. And we are here to uh, discuss, well, we're going to put the cryptocurrency away and not give any cryptic messages here, but we're going <laughs> to instead, uh, right, Sam, dig into uh, some withdrawal strategies here, because uh, this is something that uh, could help you avoid costly tax traps and keep more of your retirement dollars. And I know I'm in this uh, situation here where I always, maybe I'm overly concerned with it. Maybe some of our listeners are too, Sam, about the fact that uh, people are under the misconception you're going to pay less taxes in retirement. It depends what you have as your nest egg and where you draw your money from. So I guess following the rules for those required minimum distributions uh, is crucial. Yeah, that's a biggie, Chuck. It's absolutely essential that you do that. We say that there are three potential scenarios that you're going to encounter insofar as taxes are concerned when you retire. There's the known known. That's today. We know what the tax rates are today. We know what the distribution rules are today. We can work within those parameters. Then there's an unknown known. Uh, you know, you know in the in the future that you're going to need to withdraw money on these accounts. That's a required minimum distribution, but we don't know what tax rates you're going to pay at that point in time if that's five, six, seven years down the road. And then there's the unknown unknown, which would be future tax rates, rules by the government, things of that nature. So we want to talk today a little bit about known knowns and unknown knowns. So the first one is the required minimum distribution. You might hear that referred to as an RMD. Once you hit the age of 72 years old, you're going to have to start taking a minimum 
predetermined amount of money out that that retirement account your traditional iras your 401ks your 403b plans it is the largest forced distribution of money that the federal government has ever ever imposed in in the the life of man so you're going to be forced to take a distribution from that you have to take it annually you have to take it by april 1st of the year after you turn 72 all right and then by december 31st in subsequent years so think about that in the first year that you turn 72 you don't have to take that distribution in that tax year you can wait until april the first but on the flip side of that coin if you defer and you do not take that required distribution in that year you turn 72 that next year you're going to have to double up on it you're going to have to take two of them okay so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, it could be. It sounds real good on the front until you get whacked on the side of the head twice on taxes. So that's the rules on it. That's the way you have to take those. Um, and that is set in stone. That's a known known for required minimum distribution. All right. It's either pay me now, pay me later, like the old tire commercial used to be. So, Luke, uh, withdrawing from certain accounts in the right manner is crucial. It is. Um, if you, you know, every. A lot of people, if you look at your accounts in different um, buckets, think of them in terms of different buckets. You've got, you know, maybe your IRA 401k bucket, your Roth IRA, maybe some other types of accounts. And the the temptation can be for that instant gratification when it comes to starting to withdraw, because we know that that Roth money isn't taxable. So if we can just, you know, slide that out and not have to pay any taxes, well, that feels pretty good today. But given where we're at with tax rates and all that sort of stuff, um, I would caution you and even, you know, we, we need to have the discussion about starting to delay taking that Roth distribution and instead looking at that taxable retirement account first and leaving those Roth IRAs alone for as long as possible. Because if, you know, if we look at a scenario here where we've got a 72 year old that needs to take out, let's say $18,000 a year in the form of an IRA, um, and that person is in a 24% tax bracket. The taxes on that $18,000 are $4,320. So if they took it from the Roth, of course, there'd be no tax. But if this person doesn't have to take the required distribution from the Roth IRA, and instead they let that IRA alone, and it grows maybe at 7, 6 7% annually for the next 10 years, that required distribution would grow to $35,409. So almost twice as much money in the form of a, you know, the similar required distribution amount. But now the 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 big benefit is that that money is completely tax free, and depending on where tax rates go in the future, if they slide up even one percent, then you've you've kind of won a little bit more and kept more money in your pocket. Absolutely. We're talking about withdrawal strategies for all of you out there uh, when it comes to taking money out, the decumulation phase, so to speak. So, Andy, uh, how important is it to know how to take these distributions? Well, it can be very important. If you have several different accounts, for instance, you've changed jobs and you have several different IRAs that have come from these different job changes, um, now you have to figure out, well, where are we going to retire? Where are we going to pull this money from? Which account do we have to pull them from? All of the accounts. And ultimately, what happens is whatever company holds that account is going to report to the IRS and say, Mary and Joe have these IRA accounts. Those accounts have never been taxed. So the IRS is incredibly interested in making sure where that money is. Then it's going to get reported on 1231 of every year what the balance of those accounts are. 
So the IRS actually does not care where you pull the money from as long as they get the total value of the money that they are due. So if you have to pay out based on the value of all of your accounts, let's say you have to pay out $20,000, they don't care if you take distributions from each one of your IRAs to some total of that $20,000, or if you take $20,000 from one account to take care of all of those values. So they don't, they don't care, they just wanna make sure that they get their taxes that are due to them. Um, we always talk about, you know, unfortunately we've made the IRS a partner in our retirement, um, because they're gonna get their fair share that they feel is due based on whatever the tax rates are right now. So. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, it's again, your partner's Uncle Sam. He's everybody's uncle in the United States who pays taxes. And so, Sam, uh, here's something that it's too late for me to do this, but because uh, my spouse is actually six months older than I am, and I, she's not listening, uh, luckily, uh, for me to be hit over the head with that. But RMDs are smaller for some married couples. Explain, please. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. The rules on uh, taking a required minimum distribution for a married couple uh, is if you have a significantly younger spouse who's expected to inherit your IRA, uh, you may be able to reduce those required distributions. And the way it works is that required minimum distributions are calculated using these factors that include your life expectancy. But if you've named a spouse as the sole beneficiary of your IRA, and he or she is at least 10 years younger than you, then the required minimum distribution is computed using something called a joint life expectancy table. What that does is it, it uh, works off of that joint life expectancy of the two of you. So it reduces the amount you need to distribute in any given year because it's based upon a younger age and a longer period of distribution. So you don't have to take mm -hmm. as much. So that is a, that's a little known uh, rule that's out there that we find people many times will come in uh, and other advisors don't know that that rule is in effect uh, and they will be taking an incorrect required minimum distribution because no one's ever educated them on that little salient point of distribution requirement. So I can't let Uncle Sam know that my wife looks younger than me even though she's a little older than me and that ain't gonna count, right? So <laughs> Yeah, they are gonna ask for a birth date. <laughs> okay, all right, I just wanna clarify that. All right, Luke, uh, we're talking about uh, minimizing taxes here and your withdrawal strategy in retirement. So. Uh, Another way to do it is to make a charitable contribution. It is. Yeah, maybe uh, you have a, a worthy cause that you've contributed to in your working years, um, or maybe you just have a dream of, you know, part of your uh, retirement life savings going to a charity. Um, there's an excellent strategy called a qualified charitable donation. Um, while your required distribution starts at 72 years old, you can still make a qualified charitable distribution or QCD at age 70 and a half. And this just means that you can donate up to $100,000 of your IRA assets directly to the charity and not have to pay any sort of taxes on that money. And uh, while well, the good old fashioned way to do things uh, with uh, minimizing your taxes in the future, Andy, is uh, consider a Roth conversion. Well, potentially, yes. Um, we hear this often thrown out there, and it may or may not ma make sense for you. This is something that I think requires a bit more planning than just saying, oh, I'm just going to make this, you know, take money out, pay it out of the balance of that account, throw it into a Roth, and be done with it. That may or may not be a great idea for you. And so that you really need to go into with someone who knows and understands taxes and, and specifically with a calculator, make sure that this does make sense. It could. 
It could, in fact, make sense. I just don't know what your situation is. And I want to make sure that you don't get hit hard with taxes. The other thing that you have to consider is if you're pulling the taxes out of that balance, how long did it take you to make that money back up on the backside? What sort of interest rate do you have to have in order to get back to where you were? So so usually you should have the money sitting on the outside of your tax account to pay the taxes that are gonna be due on that IRA distribution or, or conversion over to a ROP as opposed to taking it out of the, the value of your account. So just make sure that you're not kind of going into that willy-nilly and that you have a plan and that it fits for you and there is a specific purpose for that. Yeah, and quickly, Luke, you can talk about conversions uh, even if you're still working in semi-retirement. You can. So to kind of echo what Andy was talking about, we don't have to worry about age. You can do Roth conversions prior to age 59 and a half and take advantage of the same sort of parameters that are out there. So things to consider whether you're beyond 59 and a half or even before. All right. So Sam, what can you do for our listeners with respect to RMDs and other things that you consider in the decumulation phase of retirement? Well, the bottom line on it, Chuck, is that you have to work with an advisor who knows and understands the uh, the complex environment that these uh, taxable situations work within. This is what we do every day, uh, working at a fiduciary standard for your best interest. We'll help you navigate everything, and just having that sort of uh, help on your side can help you pay on these taxes and help you save on this tax bill over and over again. All right, and the best way to reach uh, Sam at Dual Financial Strategies is to give them a call at 866-203-7486. That's a toll-free number, 866-203-7486. And at no cost and no obligation, you'll get that retirement lifestyle review. Uh, we'll talk about all of those things uh, that we talk about in the decumulation phase. We'll talk about cryptocurrency and other things, um, all a part of that retirement lifestyle review. And Sam also has authored the book, Purpose Determines Placement. You get a copy of that, too. Again, no cost, no obligation. If you're a pre-retiree uh, anywhere in the Fox Valley, it's 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. Dual Financial Strategies uh, is... Uh, going to work hard for you so that uh, you can enjoy your retirement. We've got to take a break. What's coming up next, Sam? Are you ready to retire? Just saying yes doesn't mean that you are. When we come back, we'll highlight several steps to take now to make sure you're really ready for retirement. Back to your retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, consumer advocate, and we have in studio Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, and we are just getting started in the middle of our program. This is your retirement. You can retire your way, uh, and uh, Dual Financial Strategies is the way to do it in the Fox Valley to get that second opinion. Maybe you uh, are uh, getting ready. Maybe you already are retired, and you're looking for a better plan. Uh, they can help you with that at 866-203-7486. But as Sam said, the uh, salient question here is, uh, are you ready to retire? Maybe you're in that uh, financial red zone four or five years away from retirement, or maybe you're 65, you're still working, and you're saying to yourself, maybe uh, I don't want to anymore. I need to uh, slow down a little bit because uh, getting to retirement's easy. We work for that long time, save a lot of money, and then uh, 
maybe you want to go to the golf course or maybe hang with the grandkids or just relax and maybe you can do it all but it does take some planning that's the key and uh, Sam and uh, company have some ideas to help you get there and I know that you're an advocate of this all three of you are about retiring your debt I know I'm on that uh, train as well and you want to uh, as you're approaching retirement make sure you're uh, not uh, in debt uh, for sure, Chuck. Uh, we do believe that as a whole. Uh, we believe that when you're retired, your debt should be retired as well. Uh, we understand that life gets in the way, uh, and sometimes you 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 know you have things that you just can't avoid. But to the highest degree possible, retire that debt before you're retired. Because if you don't have a mortgage, if you got no car payments, if you got no credit card debt most of your expenses are going to be variable at that point in time which you can control the biggest expense that you're going to have on an annual basis if you're a homeowner will be your real estate taxes that's the only one you can't control but almost every other expense that you'll have on a monthly base will be controllable and wouldn't it feel great when you're in retirement to be in control that's right control andy and when we talk about that uh, you can be in control of your risk tolerance as well so always be reevaluating that too right well, I agree, and it would be, if, if let's put it this way, if you were within five years of probably retiring, then probably some second looks at what your risk profile are. You can go to our website, uh, dualstrategies.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there is a little gray bar that says, what is your risk number? Um, that would be a really, really helpful tool for you to understand how do you look at percentages as well as dollars? So it'll ask you a couple of questions. You'll throw in approximate values of your accounts. And then it's actually going to show you, here's what a 10%, a 7%, a 14% would do to your account with a value of number. Because percentages can lie, unfortunately. And so if you really don't understand what your tolerance is, be it your heart, your head, your stomach, um, then it's really it's really hard. Oh, I can say, sure, it's only a 5%, but 5% or 10% can be very different if you throw a number onto it. So just make sure that you do know what your risk number can be. All right, so that risk number is just like the sleep number, right? But uh, a lot more important, I think, because you could sleep well at night if you know your risk tolerance, right? Yeah. Uh, let's do this now, Luke. Uh, when people uh, are working, they've either got a health care plan through uh, work uh, somehow, and if they're not 65 and they decide to retire, they can't get Medicare yet. So thinking about health care is something you got to think about when you're thinking about retirement. Absolutely. Um, health care costs become a really critical piece of, you know, when you can retire and planning around, you know, how much you're going to need to retire. It, it may be one of the larger expenses you have if you do have your, your debts paid off. So you don't want to forget to include this in your plans, especially if, you know, you want to do some other traveling and so forth. So you want to be, make sure that you're covered. Um, your, your chances of using healthcare are increasing as we all age. So this is another piece of the puzzle that you have to plan for. Yeah, it is. And it's an important piece too, isn't it, Sam? And that's part of making a budget, uh, a spending plan in retirement. Maybe you should practice a little bit uh, as if we talk to our listeners who are uh, maybe two or three years from retirement, practice what it would be like to not have that paycheck coming and having to pay yourself with your uh, retirement portfolio. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Chuck, I like you using the term a spending plan rather than a budget because yeah. it's really interesting because when we're younger, right, and we're just starting out and we've got kids and all that sort of thing, we have only got a limited amount of income coming in. So you absolutely had to have that budget so that you didn't break through any one category and run out of money before you ran out a month. As we start to go through life and the kids are gone and you're making more money, now you got more discretionary income. So you start to lose track of just how much money you spend on a monthly basis. But you do need to spend some time pre-retirement and look at that spending plan. Look at your spending plan for how much you're, you're going through now. And then how much will you be going through after you retire? Because the reason that that is important is that we're about to go into a time frame of fixed income here where you're probably going to have Social Security, maybe you've got a pension, but we have to determine how much pressure will you need to put on that retirement savings in order to fulfill that spending plan. There's a document on our website if you go to dualstrategies.com, that's D-U-E-L-L strategies.com, we have a worksheet on there for you to help you determine what is your spending level now and what will we need to have for a spending plan or a budget in retirement yeah it's interesting that that negative connotation of the word budget uh, people always kind of get uh, uh, a little bit uh, upset when they hear it well, i don't want to be confined to anything well you can make it uh, so that you don't have to be confined when you uh, visit with the fine folks at dual financial strategies and go to that website as sam just mentioned all right, uh, we talked about budgeting, we talked about health care, everything to consider, you're getting ready to retirement, uh, planning. And so, Andy, uh, what about uh, people who have uh, still working, they're getting uh, contributions from their employer in their 401k, but there is a point, and I know that I missed the boat on this when I was 59 and a half, that I could have rolled it over into an IRA. So consider uh, rolling over a 401k, and you can do it any time after the age of 59 and a half or, or so, right? That's correct. Um, and it could be of value to you. This doesn't close out your existing work plan. What it does is it allows you to potentially have a lot more options than what you are limited to by the company plan. So your company partners with an outside company. That company is what basically in working with your HR department, they come up with the choices that you're allowed to use in your current 401k, 403b, or 457 plan. If you have the option to roll that over to an existing or a new IRA that's outside of your company, your company plan still stays in place and you can continue to contribute that through the, your paychecks. But this outside plan then, this outside IRA, gives you the options to do whatever you want to do, whatever makes the most sense for you and your family. And that can be of great value as opposed to being limited to what goes on just in that 401k plan. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Luke, I know the winters are a little harsh, even if the people think there's global warming up in the Fox Valley area. So uh, maybe there are going to be people that want to stay in uh, the beautiful Fox Valley area. And maybe people will decide to uh, live elsewhere. But deciding where you want to live in retirement is uh, very, very important, isn't it? It is really important. I was just having this discussion with, with a neighbor yesterday. Um, and so for planning for where you want to live becomes really important because, um, you know, for, for tax purposes, for the size of the property that you have, what's the purpose for 
where you want to live. Yeah, those are all things to really consider as you're approaching retirement. And uh, the best way to get consultation on all of these things is to uh, call the fine folks at Dual Financial Strategies at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Well, Sam, uh, you say that purpose determines placement. That's the uh, title of your book. And I say, being in the sports world, that practice makes perfect. And maybe some of our listeners, as they're approaching retirement, should practice retirement planning right now and uh, uh, lifestyle planning uh, in uh, essence, right? Oh, for sure, Chuck. And starting into retirement in a way that you have already practiced being retirement is very, very beneficial for you. Because as we said at the beginning of this, just because you say you're ready to retire, the thing that you're missing here that you've never done before is to face the psychological aspect of this. And remember, we've been doing this uh, for over 20 years now. I mean, we've seen literally hundreds, if not thousands of you go through this process. And it's surprisingly difficult for some people when they go into retirement for two reasons. First of all, you don't have somewhere to be at a specific predetermined time every day. You've opened this up. Andy often comments, what are you going to do with the extra 2,500 hours that you now find yourself in possession of? Because that's what a typical annualized workload looks like. So you don't have somewhere to be. And secondly, you're cut off from your typical social network. The vast majority of the social network that you have for the almost all people that we deal with is at work. That's where it's all at. So this can be a very difficult emotional process for you. So start to practice it. Think about the things that you want to do in retirement and start doing some of those things now. Another key point is practice the income portion of it. The thing that you can do is if it's a two earner household, husband and wife, Practice living on one income. Let's say that there's a five-year difference between you, okay? And one of you is going to retire before the other one is. And you're saying, well, I wonder how this is going to work. I wonder how the schedule is going to go. Let's call it six months before you get ready to retire. Eight months, whatever time frame you want. Practice living on one income. See if that will work for you. Just take the extra money that you would have been taking from the secondary income. Put that into a savings account. Now you got a nice little retirement buffer starting out. But... Practice the way that you want to retire. Practice how you're going to be retired. And if it's a two-income household and only one of you is going to retire a significant period of time before the other one is, practice living on that amount of money. You're right, Chuck. Practice in sports makes perfect. And hey, let's just start to say that practice in retirement makes perfect as well because who doesn't want to have the perfect retirement? Absolutely. And you can get that perfect retirement and approach it very nicely and uh, go see Sam or Andy or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies. As uh, Sam mentioned, with over a score of years of experience, so you can get that retirement lifestyle review at no cost, no obligation by giving them a call right now to make an appointment at 866 866- 203-7486 anywhere in the Fox Valley from Green Bay to Appleton and beyond. It is 866-203-7486 and Sam will give you a copy of his book Purpose Determines Placement. That's what we've been talking about here on the show today because it is your retirement. It is individual to you and uh, your goals and aspirations and what you want to do with that extra as Sam says 2500 hours. Uh, a week to uh, 
kind of uh, think about what you need to do and what you want to do to have a successful retirement. It is quite a transition, believe me. 866-203-7486, 866-203-7486. Boy, this show has really flown, and I think that uh, we're coming up to a segment that I know all of you enjoy. Yes, question time. And we're going to find out what you're thinking when we come back with your questions. We're back on your retirement, and it is our final segment for Dual Financial Strategies. I'm Chuck Caton, along with Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. And it's question and answer time for uh, all of you because this is your retirement. You have your questions. And uh, I believe our uh, trio of uh, uh, wonderful uh, retirement uh, specialists are ready to answer questions. Are you not? We're ready to give it a whirl. All right. So we'll start with Sam, uh, who is going to uh, talk to Eddie in Green Bay, who has a question. He's got a 401k with a company that he retired from this year. Uh, he wants to know, Eddie does, if he can convert those funds into his Roth IRA. I don't want to convert all the funds because the tax bill would be too much, but can I convert just a part of the funds to my Roth and then roll the rest of my 401k funds into a traditional IRA? Hey, Eddie, and uh, you know, in, an, in a short word, yes, you can do all of those things. And uh, the good news of all of this, uh, first of all, congratulations, because you're on track. You're really thinking about this in the right way. We're always very, very encouraged, and we love to visit with people who have kind of thought this process out, because sometimes it's you just kind of arrive at this point, and you're not exactly sure what to do. But given some really critical thought into how to do this is crucial. So yes, Eddie, you can do that. Uh, you could do a part conversion on your regular IRA into a Roth IRA. You're right, the the uh, conversion of all of it would probably put you into a tax bracket that would make your nose bleed. So you can go into a systematic conversion strategy, which we will help you put together so that you can convert a specific amount every year based upon what your lifestyle is, based upon what your income is, so that you can convert those funds in the most tax efficient manner possible for you. And then as you move forward, you just convert, convert. So you can do the conversion or we can roll the 401k over into the IRA and then you can convert from there. There's a multitude of different ways to do it, but I like the way you're thinking, Eddie. I like the way that you're looking forward to this. And, and the main thing here, you're thinking consciously about taxes, about the current tax situation and about the future tax situation. That is very, very intuitive and smart on your part. Absolutely. That's great advice because I know that in my particular situation uh, is I want to stay within the 22% tax bracket working this uh, program with you as I enjoy every week and the converting uh, Roth as well. So I guess you would say, Sam, to consult your tax advisor on those parameters, what you need to do with uh, respect to amounts of money so you stay within a tax bracket that you're comfortable with. 
Absolutely, Chuck. And what happens here is we think that this is a two-pronged approach. We believe that you need to be working with your financial advisor for your lifestyle. We think that that financial advisor needs to be working with your tax advisor. They need to be communicating to make a determination for you. I mean, you're paying these people, so they both need to be aware of and knowledgeable in this. So they need to be working as a team to advise you and to counsel you to say, okay, Eddie, this year you can and convert X amount of dollars and still maintain a positive tax bracket. So the advisor that you choose, they don't have to be a tax preparer, they don't have to be a tax planner, but they have to have a very in-depth knowledge of how retirement taxes work and they have to be willing to work within the team framework of your tax advisor or tax counselor as well to make sure that all of this works for you the way it's supposed to. All right, let's go to Anthony and Seymour now. And Luke, he wants to know this. I'm going to be 72 uh, next July, and I'll be doing my first required minimum distribution. And I'm confused about taking it in the year of reaching age 72 and paying taxes on it in that calendar year. Now, that would add to my regular tax burden when my other income is considered. So when's the most tax efficient time, do you think, to take my first RMD? Well, congratulations, Anthony, on reaching the time, whether you need it or want it that those distributions have to come out of there. Um, Uncle Sam is knocking on the door. Uh, but great question about, you know, recognizing when the best time to take that is. That first year you turn 72, you have to take a distribution. So by the end of that December 31st of that year, so for you next year, you would have to get the that minimum amount out of your qualified accounts, those IRAs, 401ks. Now you do have the option, as you're alluding to in the question, to delay that until the following year, till April 1st, to take that first distribution. However, now in that year, you have to still take the required distribution that you would have to take for that year by the December 31st again. And this is only allowed the first year. So the, you know, this is the only time that you'll sort of have to, you know, make this distinction. Now, I'd encourage you, you know, talk to somebody that can help you plan and walk through this, but you want to look at your income sort of year by year, because if, if your income is going to be the same in both years, you know, do you really want to have to double up on a required distribution and, and take twice as much? Um, that could be, you know, the thing that kind of tips you over the iceberg in, in saving retire or saving additional income. Um, the other piece is, and you, you didn't mention, um, you said there's going to be some other income coming in and I don't know for sure whether you're working or not. Um, uh, but if you are still working and you have a active 401k with your employer, you do not have to take a required distribution from that account. And that is the only account that you do not have to take from any other previous employer 401ks or IRAs. Of course, you have to take the, the distribution from there, but you're exempt from the one uh, where you're actively employed. Yeah, now there is a, a now I have a follow-up question very quickly on that, Luke, but if you don't take it and you're still working, uh, it's going to be a higher percentage that you're going to have to take out of your accounts once you do finally retire, right? Right, because you're not, you're not pulling out of there yet, so once you, every year uh, with required distributions, the percent basically it's a it's a life expectancy factor that goes down but when we divide by a smaller number as a percentage you have to take out more so yes chuck you're, you're going to have to pull out more than later 
Uncle Sam had everything covered. Uh, it's a, it looks like that all the bases are covered there. And, and again, that's your unwitting partner uh, in retirement. So we'll go with this one, Sam. Our final question of the day comes from Ellen in Appleton. An IRA is being willed to me. Now, if I inherited before the age of 59 and a half, can I have it set directly to my own IRA? Uh, if so, what are the tax implications? Well, on the, the question of the tax implications, Ellen, there are none. You're going to inherit that as an, RI, as an IRA, uh, so you're not going to have any tax implications on it. IRAs are only taxed when they are distributed, when you physically take the money out of it. Uh, on the first portion of the question, you're going to want to segregate that money into a separate inherited IRA. And the reason for that is because you're going to have to take required minimum distributions on that IRA before you're going to have to take them on your own IRA. So we can't commingle those two monies because we need a separate uh, accounting uh, accounting account, if you will, so that we can track what the value of that is. Uh, if you inherit that uh, since 2020, there was a rule that was changed uh, December the 19th of uh, 2019, or December 31st. the 31st of 2019. Yep. I'm getting my 19s uh, yep. mixed up there. <laughs> December the 31st of 2019 that required anyone that is a non-spouse beneficiary, which it sounds like that's the case here. If it's a non-spouse beneficiary, you have to remove the entire balance of that account within 10 years of the date that you inherit it. So it's going to need to be segregated because we've got two sets of rules that are working um, against you, or I guess in conjunction with this IRA. The first one being that based upon life expectancies of the person that you got it from, we're gonna to have to start doing some required minimum distributions on that. And secondly, it has to be exhausted within 10 years. So no tax implications for merely inheriting the IRA. However, there are going to be tax implications when you start that forced distribution of that IRA. Uh, and that's something that you wanna have your advisor or your tax consultant involved in because you do not want to miss taking those distributions. The IRS has absolutely no sense of humor when it comes to those types of things and the penalties are significant. Absolutely, so when people have questions like this, Sam, what should they do? Just give us a call, Chuck. That's the best way to go about this is just call us. Uh, the number is 866-203-7486, and we'll set you up for a time to come in and chat. And we understand that there's people that have been disappointed in the past, Chuck. There are people that have been burned in the past by financial advisors, or they've been involved in the old, uh, you know, free chicken dinner uh, bait and switch routine where uh, it's it's indicated to them that if they come in and they visit, uh, they're going to get all of this different type of education and all of these things that they're going to help them with. And then when they get in there, they find out that it's nothing more than a thinly veiled pitch to sell them an annuity. That is not the case here. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are full service. We are a fee-based advisory firm. We're going to talk to you about the things that are important for you. We're going to make a determination in that first meeting. Are we a fit for you? And conversely, are you a fit for us? You like us, we like you. If that's the scenario, then we can have a continued conversation. But I will tell you 
And Chuck, most of the people that come in and visit with us tend to be more fluent. They tend to have saved at least $500,000 because they know that we focus very much on the things that are important to them. We're not trying to be everything to everyone. Just coming in to visit with us does not mean that we're going to see you as a likely potential to be a client, nor that you are required to see us as a likely potential to be your advisor. We found that you just want to know that someone cares. You just want to know that someone has your back. And if we think we can provide value in your retirement lifestyle, we will tell you that. We will help you with that if you wish to have that help. If we can't add any value to it, we're not going to come in, Chuck, and start recommending that you fix things that aren't broken. That's just not how we're going to do it. We're going to sit down. We're going to chat about it. And at the end of the day, whether we're the right firm for you or whether someone else is the right firm for you. We just want to get you pointed in the right direction. Absolutely, Sam. So remember, it is your retirement. And at Dual Financial Strategies, they will construct that lifestyle review for you, that retirement lifestyle review. No cost, no obligation, as Sam said. Uh, maybe you, you won't be a fit. They won't be a fit for you. But in most cases, I think you're going to be very surprised uh, to know that uh, you will have confidence in Dual Financial Strategies and Sam and Andy and Luke. It's 866 866- 203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 to get that no cost, no obligation appointment to sit down with either Sam or Andy or Luke and find out how you can maximize your retirement with over 20 years of experience. Well, this has been your retirement for Dual Financial Strategies and for Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel. I'm Chuck Caton. Thanks for listening this week. Be well and take care. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.